Welcome to a bonus episode of the Hellas Football Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and join, joining me today is the Colossus of California himself, Andoni. How are you doing, man? Man, yeah, you know, I'm doing good. The last time I was on this podcast, it was me and you, uh, Steve, like back in August uh, 2022. So really, really happy to be back on here to chat some footy with you. Yeah, a long time ago, man. It's nice to catch up, you know, and uh, it makes sense, actually. We've got an Olympiagos and Bathanagos supporter because there's a big match coming this weekend that we're going to talk about uh, in a little bit. And I guess, uh, first of all, I'll, I'd like to say happy Good Friday to everyone who is going to celebrate Easter this weekend because, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be doing the same. I'll be going to see my family. And then uh, all the Greeks out there who do what, listen to this, well, your Easter's next week and I'll be I'll be celebrating that too. I get two Easter's. But yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into the results of midweek. So first game, Andoni, was Volos versus Aik, and Aik got a 1-0 win thanks to Pineda scoring in the ninth minute. And that was pretty much it, to be honest. Volos didn't really threaten Aik. Two shots, two on target, 32% possession for Volos at home. So unlike uh, the game against Panthenagos, where they got a point against you guys... Uh, Ike managed to just see out the the close victory. So, did you manage to get a look at this one? Yeah, I actually uh, caught the second half of the match, and you know, despite Volos not really threatening, um, you know, not having too many shots on target, shots on goal, um, you know, it just kind of surprised me a little bit that Ike weren't able to fully put away Volos, considering you know the firepower that they have. Ike are very, very good going forward, and I think that's what makes them such a dangerous team. Uh, but, you know, the last 20 minutes or so, you know, the commentators are mentioning it that Ike were playing with fire a little bit uh, because Volos were getting forward. But, of course, you know, Ike's defense were, you know, the defenders were able to kind of close them down, but they still were, you know, somewhat threatened. You know, they weren't getting those shots off, but they were kind of penetrating and finding those those uh, back passes there through the lines. Um, Volos, I think, are going to be that one team to watch out for. Um, and it, the game showed me, I, I think, you know, for as threatening as I are, I think it, it still showed me that they can be caught out. Um, and it just kind of adds on to the thrill of these playoffs, honestly. It's, it's really good. Yeah, and, and I think the guy spoke about it in the previous podcast, Volos are just one of those teams, you know, they're not going to get Europe this season from the top four. Uh, so I feel like they're just going to be, they, they're clearly just going out there to be that team to annoy people and upset the apple cart and take points from, from bigger clubs and stop them having a good end to the season pretty much. So yeah, that's yeah if that, if that's what they want to do, then go for it, you know? Um, and like you said, I did well to get the win. And they're still top of the league, um, although joint points with Bathanagos. And speaking of, uh, you was went to Aris and got a 1-0 win. Uh, Spora scored in the 69th minute. Nice. And um, Abubakar Kamara, who's still who's a, still a little Libyagos player, but back on loan at Aris, um, got sent off in the 92nd minute. Um, Aris didn't have a shot on target, so you managed to keep them at bay, unlike us when we played them on the weekend, Andoni. So... Uh, please tell me how you managed to keep a clean sheet against them and we did not. Go on. You know, the thing with Panathinaikos, uh, especially this year, um, I think, you know, we have a quite a solid back line. Um, defensively, I think we're, we're quite good. Um, and 
we've kind of stuck to our game plan there where we kind of disrupt the flow of the other teams when we play them. Now, the issue for Panathinaikos has been the the lack of the goal scoring. And, you know, Sporad especially, I mean, he was the scorer uh, for the, the match against Aris. But if you see his goal, it was quite a funny one. It looked like the ball kind of deflected in and he kind of went to control it with his head and ended up going over the goalkeeper and in behind the line. Um, so defensively, they didn't really threaten Panathinaikos too much because I think our back line is, it's, you know, they pretty much have things figured out, albeit we did also have a Lodigan as the goalkeeper instead of Brignoli. Um, but, you know, going forward, the thing that kind of scares me of Panathinaikos is that lack of finishing. And I've been kind of talking about that since January, since we came back from the break where, you know, we weren't able to put away the chances. Um, and against, uh, you know, a more formidable opponent, I think that's going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah, definitely the the scoring. And Aris, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was very, very interesting. This Super League this season, again, going back to it, is just very, uh, you know, there's twists and turns. You know, with Olympiacos, they were able to manage to score twice on them. Uh, and then against Panathinaikos, they were struggling. They looked almost toothless in a way going forward. Nothing really threatening. Um, which again, you know, was, um, adding to it, at least it's something fun, at least for this, you know, season, instead of being, you know, a one, a one horse race. For sure. And I think Aris are probably in the same position as Volos, you know, that they're only a point ahead of Volos. They're 16 points behind Balk. So again, nothing really to play for. Um, so they're just there to kind of see what see who they can get wins again look they're probably more likely to get a victory in this uh playoff than volos are i mean i say that now um but yeah look i mean they're, they're an odd team and i think they do need restructuring come next season because they have a lot of mercenary players there they need to improve their greek quota of that team we've said it a million times the biggest criticism of aris it's just they 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 lack the kind of greek core that yeah, you know, and having a Greek corner doesn't necessarily mean they'll be successful, but I think it would. I think that a lot of fans and non-fans would probably identify with them better if, if they uh, they did instill that a bit more. Because, yeah, so that's we, um, you know that, that yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. That that's um like a good point that you're drawing on there. I think with the Greek teams and especially with Aris in particular, you need a Greek player. You need a Greek captain because. A, a Greek player is going to kind of understand the weight of the jersey of Aris. Uh, you know, they're going to understand the weight of a derby against Pauk versus, you know, of course, there's a lot of very quality, you know, high quality foreign players, but they may not fully understand, you know, the expectations at Aris or what it means to play in a derby or to play in the playoffs. I mean, Aris used to make some some noise in Europe, um, you know, against the teams like Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, back in the and day. So, yeah, back in the day. So, I mean, they have a history, you know, they, they may not have won, you know, a crazy amount of titles, but it's still a club. If you're a Greek, you know, Aris is they're They're pretty, you know, historically, they've got a pretty nice history. For sure. OK, so now we move on to the big game of the round, which was Olympiagos taking on Balk in uh, Gariskaki. And I did watch all this game and. Yeah, <laughs> Olympiagos really, really play on my emotions sometimes, man, honestly, because started off okay, a little bit toothless, didn't put our chances away, which is the story of our season. Uh, then Balk scored. It was It was actually counted as a Socrates' own goal. I didn't realise that. I thought originally they gave it to their, uh, their striker, uh, I think Brandon. Yeah, that's his name, Brandon. Yeah. 
But apparently, apparently Sasoka had his own goal set, uh, against the run of play in the 22nd minute. We go into half time, um, perhaps not deserving to be behind, but that's that's the story of Olympiago's season. Then a um, few changes. Cedric Bakambu scored a fantastic. Have you seen the goal? Have you seen the goal yeah. that Bakambu scored? Fantastic strike from just outside the box. Yep, brilliant goal. Probably one of the goals maybe of the season. Um, and then Masuras, super sub off the bench, scores a minute after coming on. And then, uh, well, it was actually a bit of a howler from uh, the Park defence, you know, completely yeah. tried to clear it, completely misplaced his shot. And you've just got an easy header in. So Masuras, yeah. even Masuras can't miss that one. And then penalty, I believe it was Vruzai who got brought down in the box, who came on as a sub too. Yusuf El Arabi, super sub again, scores the penalty. Um, goalkeeper, um, uh, got, is it got, oh, uh, Kotarski? Kotarski, that's it. Yeah, bit of an, a bit of a howler from him again. But I think we were good for this win, to be honest, Andoni. Yeah. You know, like we we played, we were the better team overall. Bark had some good chances. Yeah. They did threaten us because our defense can be a bit porous at times. But look, looking at the stats, Olympiagos twenty-one shots, eight on target. Bark only three shots all game, three on target. So we, we were good for that victory. And and I I I don't want to speak uh too soon because it is only the third game of the playoffs, but we are six points ahead of Bark now in third. So yeah. is that that we play them on the last game of the season when and that that game might mean something to the title race or just who finishes third. Um but it was a good win, a massive confidence booster with everything that's happened this not just this season, but recently, you know, Miguel going. Um, the yeah. the draw the 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 capitulation against Aris, you know, Ganos getting injured, who's a massive been a massive player since he joined us from Brentford. So this was a huge confidence boost, especially going into the game at Leo Foros against you guys. What, what what was your take on this game? Yeah, you know, Steve, I I wasn't able to watch the game live uh, because you know it was happening in the middle of the day for me. Uh, but you know, I was keeping my eye on the chat, and I remember you you uh, mentioning in there, uh, I believe in the first half that. Uh, Olympiacos were uh, not. It wasn't toothless. Um, I forgot what you had said. I believe but... that is the word I used to be fair. <laughs> that, is, oh, that is the word okay. I use. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to put words in your mouth, and I'm like, was no, it no, toothless? No, fine. Yeah. So yeah. So and so I in my head I had it that that Pauk were were dominating, and so I you know I went through and I watched the extended highlights, and Olympiacos actually impressed me. Olympiacos you know certainly deserved the the victory especially that three that three goal win i mean three one it really could have even been three zero honestly that goal that deflected in i, I see why they call called it a uh, own goal because he just kind of shot in it wildly deflected in and went like in the left side of the post so i see why that was an own goal um but balk didn't really seem like they were too threatening they had they had their chances uh, from the highlights that i saw but mm. Olympiacos going forward were they were a threat and honestly it was a big surprise after that whole Mitchell essentially resigning on what was it Sunday or Monday um yeah uh, it was Monday during the well in European time it was during the afternoon and and I, I think I, I was concerned that that would be the end of our season Andoni not, not because we we're not out of it mathematically obviously even now but just that mental kind of it, it, like the, I think just compiling that kind of mental fatigue of draw of dropping points against Aris and then losing Miguel afterwards, 
I just thought the players are going to be shot, surely. Like, and uh, so I went into the bar game thinking, look, good thing we're at home, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. And and they proved me wrong. And I'm so, so pleased because we fully, de- like you said, fully deserved the win. Um, and and when I said toothless in in the in the chat at the time, I was f- I was frustrated because we were creating chances. We were the better team in the first half, but we were the better team against Aris, and we still allowed them to to get two goals from two shots on target. So it, it was those kind of moments that can kill a game for Olympiagos this season. You know, we, yeah. we're a moments team. We'll either completely see it through or we'll, there'll be two moments of madness that will end our end the game and, and maybe not get the result we we would like to have got um yeah. but like i said this is like i think it, this is up there with the ica result like last game of the regular season best probably best performance of the season and ego to be fair to him managed the game well uh, the substitutes who came on impacted because masuras came on he scored the 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 goal to put us in the lead Brusai came on, he got the penalty. And then El Arabi came on, he scored the penalty. So I can't I can't fault his game management. And no matter what, we might as well keep him till the end of the season now. And and then after that, we find a definitive permanent manager. And there's there's names flying about everywhere. Don't know who it could be. It could be anyone. It could be Pep Guardiola for all we know, and people would still be not satisfied with if we yeah. still got Pep. You know, I'm I'm also obviously fantasizing, but there we go. Massive result for Olympiagos. We're still yeah. three points behind um, Barthenagos and Ayek, so not out of the title race by any means. So with that, the uh, championship yeah. round stands as current. So. Ayek and Bathanagos joint top on one sixty-six points. Olympiagos third with sixty-three. Balk now two losses in a row, fifty-seven. Yeah, Steve, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Where <clears throat> do you think Balk are now out of the the race now? They're to try to points. win it. Is it six points they are behind now? Is it six? no? It's I um, believe it's it's five. I think they're five points behind now. Oh, are they five? Okay, I I'm thought it was my six or seven. Awful. No, no, it's not. No, it's ten. No, wait, it's nine points. They're nine points behind. Oh, nine now. points. Yeah, I can't that's count a, either. Okay, they're not. Yeah, my maths is terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to call it yet because Balk have, have been have got some big results over the course of the season. It's going to be difficult for them. They're probably yeah. it's probably out of their hands, but I wouldn't say they're out fully out. I think if they yeah. go, if they're still nine, ten points behind maybe come to like the come the last five games then i would possibly say so but Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be difficult for them now because because the reason why i can't say they're fully out is because olympia could so easily capitulate and and but i and i hope they don't you know because i'm a little fan but um i i can't fully say that they're out of it but it is going to be difficult for them whereas with olympia i still feel like while it might not be completely in our hands it's still a definite possibility because we're only three points behind you guys, and you, you and yeah. Ike are the front are the front runners. You guys are the definitive favorites for me. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know with, with Balk, you know, kind of circling back to them a little bit. It's such an interesting thing that happened with them because they were seemingly finding their form and looking like a threat going into the playoff. Honestly, I, I was I was really worried about Balk going into it because I, I started seeing them kind of picking up that role. And, you know, the Balk fans were getting a little excited and probably a little too cocky, too. Um, and suddenly, you know, just going into this playoffs now, they find themselves behind first place by nine points. And, of course, you know, anything can happen. But I think 
honestly, with Olympiacos kind of pulling off that big victory against them, that's going to kind of blow the wind out of their sails a little bit, I think. Mm. And it's also going to kind of, you know, play on, on the players a little bit. Because from what I understand, also, Lucescu was not happy with uh, with Costa Dileas. And I think he ended up taking him out and putting in um, El Caduri or something like that, mm. who hadn't played in, in a while. So, um, very interesting thing for Pauk there. I think that maybe wraps for them. But, of course, you never know. This season has been crazy. Um, you know, I think Olympiacos now kind of has that, they still kind of have that that edge to them, despite, you know, four manager changes and, and Mitchell suddenly leaving versus, you know, I, I, I think have the best um, offense out of all the teams. They really, their system is very nice, you know, very attacking, nice flowing football. But again, with Ike, the thing is with me, they, they can have a stinker and then they'll randomly not put a team away and they can, you know, pay for it. And then Panathinaikos, I think, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier as well. I think Panathinaikos, if we had a, a clear-cut striker, something, somebody like a Berg or a Cissé or something, I don't even think it would have been a, a – I don't think we would have blown that 10-point lead that we had early in the season. Um, just because I think people criticize the play style of Panathinaikos, but I think it's more so um, we create the chances, we just cannot score the chances. So – once Palacios loses form, which that international break came at the worst time, he was starting to pick it up, and now it's looking like he's lost that form. Um, once he's out of form, our offense pretty much stagnates. And, of course, Verbich, you know, Nick and, and George talked about it last time. He's had his own personal issues going on. Um, so this is just this whole, this whole round, just to sum up those top four teams uh, for the championship side there, that's – Everybody's got their own problems going on, their own storylines. Um, and I think it's going to be a really, really interesting end for the first time in years, honestly. I, it's it's the, it, like I've, I've said it from from when like when that points gap kind of decreased from Bathanagos. This is the most I- I- intriguing Greek Super League season I've ever seen. Uh, and, and certainly I think for, for like people who are older than us, probably for the last 25 30 years um and so that's that's good for greek football you know the positive there are positives although i'm sure there'll be controversies still to unfold oh the refereeing has been horrible to everybody yeah. i feel well you know what i i was thinking this um after the game against bark it's probably one of the few times i've seen a like a referee actually perform fe- very well like i think i think i thought that, i mean p- people can comment on this and d- disagree with me if if you if you wish i thought the refereeing in, against uh, for, between olympiagos and Pauk was was good and that's not just me saying that because we won i'm saying that because i thought there wasn't any general issues i thought there wasn't any massive controversy i thought he managed the game quite well um but there we go and then just to finish off the table uh, aris in fifth with 41 points and Volos in sixth with 40 points. So they are just coasting now. They don't really have anything to play for. Um, And so now, Andoni, we're going to go into the games coming up this weekend because there are fixtures this weekend. Um, And so we can briefly start with the playouts because they... um, So the first game of the playouts is Adromitos versus Basianina at Beristeri. Um, Mm. So I guess... Adromidos, not really much left to play for. Basianina have been pulled into a relegation battle a little bit. Um, so that's going to be interesting there. 
let's have a look. Offi play Lamia. So a big game for Lamia, who are still trying to pull themselves out. I think they're out the bottom three, but still not over yet. Panatoligos versus Ionigos. Um, and then Asteras Tripolis versus Levadiagos. So all, well, big games for the a lot of the teams away from home, really, uh, in those fit in those fixtures compared to the teams who are at home. So let's let's see what happens. The, the, the relegation battle, Andoni, has been almost as intriguing as the uh, as the championship round for me because there's actually been genuine jeopardy for like about three or four teams, whereas. Previously, there was maybe one team was down. Another team was almost guaranteed for relegation playoff when there was relegation playoff. But this season, there's a bit more interest this time, don't you think? Yeah, certainly. You know, there's a lot. You know, one of the teams surprising me, there's Pasyaninas even in this, you know, this relegation battle, essentially. And that's a team who throughout the years has been quite scrappy. Um, you know, it's always a, a threat going to Zosimadis. Um, and Yan and I playing over there and, you know, to see them in that that relegation battle. Even Atromitos, I mean, Atromitos, I feel like they have a, a quite a decent squad. Um, and to be, you know, battling in, in relegation, um, you know, despite having some of those players, it's just one of those things that I think, <clears throat> you know, despite it being a negative being in the relegation zone, it's kind of showing our league is, is starting to hopefully head into the right trajectory where it's so competitive that you're seeing teams that would be at least mid table now, even fighting for relegation. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, couple that with the championship uh, fight at the top there. Um, I'm just really hoping that this is going to set forth a positive trajectory for us. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, Adromidos are safe, I think, Andoni, because they've got 33 points and they're, they're, I think they're, they're top of the relegation group. So I think they'll be okay. But I do agree with you I, because I look at, I look at the best of the rest teams, you know, Adromidos, Ofi, Banadoligos, Asteras, even Bas when they were good last season, because, you know, they, they were in the playoffs last season. So they've had a yeah. bit of a fall from grace. But I look at those teams and I think, you know what? You put them in other leagues around Europe. No, no, let's let's discount like top five, even maybe top ten. If you put them in other leagues, I think they would do relatively okay. Whereas you do get some, and maybe that's Greek bias because we follow the Super League, so we understand the qualities of these teams and the individual players, and even some of the managers who are there. But then you look at other leagues and you think there's not much going on about about these leagues. You know, when when you have maybe. Sorry to criticise Scotland if any there are any Scottish listeners, but I look at the Scottish League and I think, you know, the Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts, and then there's other teams and like, you know, St. Johnston's have been great in the last few years. But I look at those leagues and I think, is the Greek League overall stronger or weaker? I don't really know. My opinion may differ, but I I don't know. That's that's kind of how I see it with, uh, with the kind of best of the rest teams. I, I think the Greek League is strong, maybe... Not it's like really strong, but but maybe a little bit better than people give it credit for. But that's because we follow it and we love Greek football. And so anyway, let's I I um let's uh, let's continue on. So we've got the, the playoffs now. So that's going to be on the Sunday. So all, uh, so all of the yeah all of the relegation playoff games will be um all sorry all the playout games will be on the Saturday and the playoffs will be on the Sunday. So first game of the round is Aik versus Aris. So Aris away from home again. Will it possibly going to take some points off of Aik? Please. Uh, um, Please. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Balk have a fairly 
it's fairly straightforward game against Volos. So, you know, after two losses in a row, you'd think that Barkshire could get the result against Volos. We'll see. Um, and then the big one, Andoni. Panathinaikos host Olympiagos at Leoforos. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? So, <laughs> I mean, the, based on the fact that we're at home, um, I'm hoping that Leoforos is going to be rocking with Gate 13. Um, I have confidence in this team in Panathinaikos. The thing that does worry me, though, is the last couple of times that we've played Olympiacos, I think Olympiacos has played better than us. Um, and, you know, throughout throughout the season, watching the Panathinaikos games the way that we've been playing, really, I think Olympiacos has given us the, harder, the hardest time. Um, and you just never know in a derby. I mean, we could play bad and somehow you know, pull out a goal. That's the thing about this Panathinaikos team where I think mentally they, they've kind of showed some resilience and to my surprise, really, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm a Panathinaikos fan, but this is a squad full of players who haven't really been here, um, especially the ones that have, have remained on the team. They've never really been in the, the position to fight for a title for a, at least a league title. And they've showed a, a resilience that's really kind of, you know, showed itself there and then you know we've, we've got 66 points um you know in a derby they understand the weight of the game um but again you know our lack of finishing is, is the thing that's kind of concerning me and you know olympiacos kind of when james plays um james i think dissects our midfield um i don't think our midfield is, is you know comparable to olympiacos's midfield i don't think we have that creator um, and, you know, I, I've said this before on Twitter, but this is the first time I think I've said it on the podcast um, since I've pretty much been out the whole season. I don't think Bernard is the, is the player for Panathinaikos that James is for Olympiacos, that X-factor player. James or, or uh, Fortunis, um, he he doesn't change the game that the way those two change the game. And in a game like this, in a derby, Panathinaikos needs to have that X-factor player and I'm just kind of like, do we have that X-Factor player? I have confidence in my guys, but it's going to be a struggle, I think. And, and I'm, I think it, in my heart, I'm going with my heart, I think we'll get a, a one a one nil win. Um, but we're going to have to fight tooth and nail against this Olympiacos side that isn't dying off. They're not giving up. Uh, you now, now that you say that, Andoni, you, Bernard is going to score against us. <laughs> you've, you've now jinxed it. Um, <laughs> now, I, I hear what you're saying, though, about Bernard. When I first saw you guys pick him up, I thought he was going to be a really good signing. But maybe it's because he's been played out position. Uh -huh. I don't know. But yeah, you, you, you're right about Olympiagos having game changes because James, who I didn't mention, actually came back um, as, a, as a substitute um, against Balk and looked, he looked pretty good again because it's James Rodriguez. Fortunis, we all know Fortunis and his qualities. Even Biel, like Biel misses a ton of chances, but he also scores a lot of them too. Um, oh, so so he's he can be a game changer, maybe if not as consistently. Um, and one other thing I was going to ask you, actually, Andoni, what's hap what has happened with um, with your goalkeeper? Because like you said, Lodigan played for you um, in the weekend match against, uh, was it Aris? It was Aris. Um, and so, so what happened with um, Briganoli? What's happened with him? Yeah, so I just randomly saw the uh, the starting eleven yesterday, and they just said that uh, Brignoli had some type of uh, I don't feel it, it was like a discomfort or something, and he just wasn't available to play. And we had Lodigan, who Lodigan honestly I I really like, but 
if Brignon doesn't play against Olympiacos, that's going to be kind of a you know stressful thing for us as Panathinaikos fans because, as you know, to your frustration, probably. Um... Uh, are you able to hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, I thought I was cutting out. Um, yeah, so probably to your frustration a little bit there, um, you know, as Olympiacos fans, uh, Brignoli is blocking a lot of those shots. You know, he, he's that big. Uh, that <laughs> That's big, what big... I was asking. Yeah, because he's been a thorn in, in our side ever since he started playing. Because ever since he he overtook the Odis in that game, I think it was maybe last season. Oh, he's he's so good against us. He's always up for the game against Olympiacos. So. I wouldn't be upset if he didn't play, um, but that that's my bias coming out. But yeah, I, I think I think um, even with injuries that we've got, you know, Bar came back as well in in the game against Balkan. He looked fine, so I think defensive wise, we'll be we'll have our more or less our starting team. I, I think Sogradis might be a doubt, but we'll have to see. Cisse came back and he looked okay as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm 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 quietly confident. Because, but the thing with Olympiagos, I don't know what Olympiagos is going to turn up. You know, we could get the one who came back and looked amazing against Bark in the second half, or we could get the Olympiagos that doesn't put their chances away. And both, and like you said, Andoni, both games against you guys this season, I felt, I cut, you know, as 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 unbiased I can as I can be, I I felt like the we we, we outplayed you in both games, and I'm and I'm disappointed that we didn't get the result that we probably could have got. I'm not saying we deserved it because we didn't get the win, but I'm saying that we played very well and we could have, especially and and we all know what happened in the in the first in the regular season that Leo Foros with the uh, with the yeah, very controversial the incident with the penalty. So I hope that nothing uh, nothing like that happens, or or if if it does happen, at least it's clear cut. You know, at least it's kind of a like a definitive. This is a penalty. This isn't a penalty. Hopefully, if the refereeing is is good, uh, let's see. But no, it's going to be a massive game, huge game, and uh, it could define our season. It could define your season, and but that's every game now, and right. that's why the playoffs this this season is good. Um, but yeah, that is the round of fixtures, um, and then the Greek there is Greek Cup next week. But I'm sure the guys on the podcast coming next week will highlight those too. Um, so now I guess all is left to do and Donnie's go through the questions because we do have a few questions today and so they're, they're oh, actually all Olympiagos Bathodagos centric questions so it's perfect for of us of course perfect uh, uh, so the first one I'm going to go uh, to Twitter let's see so we have um, Taz uh, Zafiropoulos at Taz underscore Zaf he said uh, to, uh, to us putting out the uh, tweet saying that we were going to do questions he said uh, great news, lads. Looking forward to it. The question is, um, does the panel agree that Olympiagos is in is the form team going into this weekend's derby with Bathanagos? What do you think, Andoni? From a Bathanagos perspective, would you agree with that? Yeah, honestly, Steve. Uh, so, you know, with, with Mitchell suddenly stepping down, um, I thought as Bathanagos fan that Olympiacos is probably going to start to lose some steam, lose some confidence. Mm. But with such a, a strong display against Bauk, a team which Panathinaikos also struggled with uh, later in the season, I think Olympiacos is going to be kind of going into this one feeling a little more confident, especially based on the last two games, um, you know, against Panathinaikos. Uh, on the flip side for Panathinaikos, we're just coming off of, you know, a 1-0 win over Aris. And Aris, who didn't threaten us, but at the same time, we didn't really threaten to score against them. 
And we came off of, you know, drawing against Volos last week. And now we have to play against a team like Olympiacos. Um, uh, you know, the, the one good thing I can think of is that we're at least at home at Leoforos. Um, but, you know, not being biased, you know, trying to keep as neutral as possible. I think uh, this is Olympiacos kind of going in this and trying to trying to smell blood. And we'll, we'll see what this Panathinaikos team responds with. If they can respond and get a result here, I think it's going to really change the trajectory of the playoffs for Panathinaikos. I think it's going to give the team another mindset. Mm. Um, I, th- I think this game is going to be the make or break for the team. I think it might be. From an Olympiacos perspective, um, it's I think we're the team that's coming into this match that plays... I would confidently say we play the better style of football to you guys, but what we, what you guys have is a regimented system, and I've I've, I've praised Jovanovic many times as as your manager. He's probably and I agree with Nigor when he says he's probably the best manager in the league tactically for sure. With this kind of game, I think to answer Daz's question, form goes out the window, man. Like you could be like we we saw that when, when last season when Olympiagos played Barcelona and we were undefeated. The whole season, we may have been coasting a bit, but we were undefeated, and then Bath and I got caused us our first loss of the season, and that's just how it goes with derbies. Big derby matches, form goes out the window. You have to, you have to be mentally strong, um, and and be you know focused the entire time, and that takes a lot of energy. And as pumped up as Olympiagos will be from the bulk game, you know, Olympiagos have a, have mental collapses as we saw against Aris, as we saw against Bastianina as well. So. It's going to be tough. I, I'm I'm hopeful Olympiagos can win from an Olympiagos perspective, but it's going to be difficult. I I could see it going either way, to be honest, just because of it's the it's the derby of eternal enemies. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. Anyway, next, thank you for the question, Daz. Next question is from Andrico at I love this I love this um this Twitter handle at the Robita Lord. That's a great um so this is this question was actually for nico but you're a panthenagos fan andoni so you can answer this thoughts on panthenagos signing with adidas because you guys are with gabba right now but you will be changing over to adidas um so what are your thoughts on joining such a big uh kit maker oh so you know when i became a panthenagos fan when i started actually you know getting involved in and just loving the team like back in like 2009 time Panathinaikos was with Adidas up until uh, it was 2015, 2014-15 season. And all of the Panathinaikos jerseys that I have, um, I've gotten all of them up until, uh, I believe it was last season or this season. Adidas by far makes the best quality, in my opinion. And, you know, talking amongst other Panathinaikos fans, they're a little bit disappointed, uh, surprisingly, to my surprise. Uh, because, you know, they were saying that we were going to have recycled uh, designs for the kits. But really, I, for me, that doesn't really matter. For me, it's the quality. And I think that Adidas always has a nice design for their kit. Um, you know, they're, they're, in my opinion, you know, in the, in the football world, Adidas is number one and the Nike's just under that. I agree. Um, you know, it's just, it's like an iconic jersey. I mean, look at teams like Real Madrid or with Adidas, for example, They've been with Adidas for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there seems like Juventus now with, with Adidas the last few years. Um, so I personally am happy about them moving back to, to Adidas. 
Um, I think we're going to see that nice, uh, those nice designs. In fact, I actually have my Adidas jersey. I'm, I'm looking at it right now from the 2013-14 season up there. Um, it's the striped kit, and that's one of my favorite kits of all time. Um, so, yeah, personally for me, I'm super excited. Kappa is really cool. I, I love their design, but I just the, – the jerseys don't feel as good as an Adidas jersey does. They're, they got – they're kind of tight-fitting, and they – the the emblems are printed on instead of stitched on um while adidas has that nice stitching and that nice quality to them i think they're a cut above the rest i hear what you're saying man because when olivia when i started supporting olivia it was just towards the end of the era where olivia was with puma still and the kits yeah. were nice don't get me wrong like they were really nice kits but i felt like the material for me wasn't as nice as when we finally switched over to adidas and then the first kit i think with was no it might have been I think maybe if I could be wrong, I think the first kit with Adidas was the 90th anniversary kit. And that's my favorite Olibiagos kit. Um, and ever since, like people, some people have complained with Olibiagos that we keep getting the templates. Some people have complained because we are black. We don't have the black kit as our away kit and we get blue instead. But I, I, I don't have a lot of complaints with us being with with Adidas. Some of the some of the kit designs might be a bit ordinary, but I think overall the feel of them is nice. And they on the pitch aesthetically, they look good on the team as well. So that's. That's all I can hope for. And I, I hope we're with Adidas once we, or still with Adidas once we go into our 100th anniversary, which is in a few years' time. So, no, I can, I fully agree with you. Adidas is is my probably my favorite overall uh, kit yeah. provider. I think they're just, they're, even their general templates, I think, are much better than anything like that Nike produce. Um, yeah. Okay. So, that's the questions from Twitter. So, we're going to move on to Instagram. Um, so, this question, this question has been asked to us a few times, actually. It is, um, so Yanis.k has asked us, the what is the situation with Alexandropoulos? So what's going on with him? Um, we kind of covered this before. Not much has changed. As far as I'm aware, he was playing with the B team, not really get, getting much uh, first team game time. But it's understandable because he's still very young. It's not it's not great as you know, as ethnic fans, we want him to play because we really need players in that position to be playing consistently for their clubs. But hopefully at some point he gets that opportunity um, in, in sporting first team or they send him out on loan to another club where he can get game time. Um, but as far as we're concerned, the situation hasn't changed, but we will update people if it has. So the next question is uh do Olib so this is from chris roxford so this is this question he asks do um sorry, uh do olivia ross think that having their dominance all these years was actually detrimental to the league and greek football in general well we've had this conversation before andoni so yeah we have i mean for my take as, Olibi as an olivia ross fan i think you can look at it in two ways i think Having one team dominate a league for a long period of time can be detrimental in the sense that, you know, it's not, it lacks competitiveness, which means that in, in a way, some, some players, some teams may not be able to kind of get to that point where the, where the one team is like a one team league um, as such. But I think you have to look at it another way too. Like the, the, the Greek football has been grossly mismanaged by Ebor and by the Super League for years. So there are you can I think that there are two that, that all of these factors haven't helped. I don't think people just blaming Olympiagos for the problems of Greek football is it's a bit one once um, nearsighted for me. And that you know I know I, I'm maybe a bit biased because I'm an Olympiagos fan, but that's how I see it. Because you look at leagues who 
have had one team that's dominated for years, like um, the Bundesliga. I know it's an extreme example, but Bayern Munich may win their 11th league title this season. And they're still they're still a, a relatively healthy league from what I can see. You know, you have they're producing young players. They have teams who are doing well in European football. Um, they've got a great um, they've got they're, they're very well organized. They're financially stable overall in the league. Um, and the fan experience for them is 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 very good. Well, having a, and the ch- tickets are cheap while having an ultra scene that isn't detrimental to the league at times, as well as being good, which is what I'd see, I'd say for Greek football. So I guess for me, if you want to take my opinion, you know, you don't have to. Um, I think if I'm honest, I think sometimes it, it is detrimental for one team to dominate a league, but I don't think that's the very biggest reason, the, the absolute main reason why Greek football suffered. But Andoni, you can, you can give your opinion. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> just looking at it from a, like a, a neutral perspective, um, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, say their theories for why this, the league is the way it is, but just looking at it from a purely footballing standpoint, with one team dominating, and this could be, you know, let's say Panathinaikos dominates for 15 years. I think in the end, it does become a detriment to the league and to the team itself, um, only because the competition around them, you know, if, if they start to kind of dwindle or, you know, kind of lower their 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 expectations and their play style, eventually, if you're playing teams that are, are way below your level week in, week out, and you want to, let's say, go into Europe and, and you know, recently our teams have even struggled to make the groups. Um, that's where we really start to see it, in my opinion, where, you know, if, for example, Olympiacos is playing, you know, teams like La Mia, all respect to them. Um, and then they have to go and play a team that won their league uh, in the Champions League, you know, in, in, a, in a better league with, with more competitive teams where the gap, the skill gap isn't that you know, there aren't those huge margins. That's where we start to see it. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, with Olympiacos, we saw it this year. Um, but again, now that we have this more competitive style league, which will hopefully last, you know, many years to come, mm. uh, I think this is going to push every team to start to make that payment or, or you know, to, to make those those players, get those managers, think twice instead of sacking five managers, you know, in, in one season or, or hiring the, the cheapest manager they can find, which is what Panathinaikos was doing for years. Um, so I think it's when everybody's competitive, it helps. The competitive nature is very, very good. I mean, you see it in economics you see it in football you see it in every sport every type of you know theory in the world and i don't really know where i'm going with this but you Mm. guys get (laughs) i hear what you're saying man i think i think also what the other issue i have is is that it's i think it's a general kind of greek football mentality of what's really hurt the league is a lack of um thinking for long term you know I, I think and this is and this is not just an Olympiagos problem this is a problem with most with almost all teams and in yeah. just how Greek football is operated it's never for the how are we going to develop for the future how are we going to produce players for the future how are we going to re- restructure um, Greek football so that it's in a better place like the second division is an absolute mess you know um, yeah, yeah. And, and 
And so, but the problem with is that it's all, oh, how are we going to get this quick crash cash grab now? How are we going to be successful now, 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 rather than let's take, let's not be successful right now for the short term, long term, if we work towards the future to make Greek football a healthier uh, league in general, then we'll, then they'll reap the, the rewards. But that's not how Greek football uh, thinks, unfortunately, even though we'd like it to. Um, and I guess the thing about teams qualifying for Europe, the problem with that is no matter who finishes top, if even if Olympiagos finished top for 20 years in a row, there are still the same teams finishing in those European places. And they're the and and while Olympiagos have 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 been playing in Europe for the vast majority of the time they've been winning the title, these other teams need to qualify for Europe too. They need to, and I know that that there's there's partially a competitiveness thing with the league that doesn't help either, but they are the ones who are also the ones who aren't helping the Greek coefficient because they had their group stages, they didn't get through those group stages, which meant we would fall down the the um the coefficient. And then they wouldn't get through their qualifiers. And that made us fall down the coefficient even further. So that's not just an Olympiagos problem because Olympiagos can't help it if they're like this season. They were the only team who qualified for the for Europe. That that doesn't help the, the league either because all those teams had, had very beatable opponents, maybe Bathanagos excluded because you guys had Slavia Praga, who were a good team. Yeah. Um, but even still, what will help Greek football in the long term too is if these teams actually take the European qualifiers seriously, I think. Um, because you know, Balk Aris are, um, are, have been you know, Balk did well in the Conference League last season, but they're they're still huge culprits, and Ike as well, huge culprits for not beating the teams that they should be beating in the qualifiers. Which you know, yeah. if we get through those qualifiers and get to the group stages, and then maybe get to the knockout stages of even the Europa Conference League, that brings your coefficient up, and that was proved by Balk doing it last season, who had the yes. best, um, who gave the best points tally for for Greece and Europe. So. It, it's it's a two way thing for me, but that it's a that's a very good question, and I think that is all the questions now as well. So, yeah, um, I guess thank you very much for everyone who has listened today. Please leave us a five star review on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to us uh, listen uh, to us on. Please share with as many people as you can, you know, uh, to get us up in the uh, in the charts as well, because we really appreciate all the support that you give us. And yeah, and Donny, is there any last thing you'd like to say before we sign out? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to say good luck to my boys in green for this weekend against Olympiacos. You know, wishing you all the luck in the world so we can come away with those, uh, those three points. And hopefully I lose too. <laughs> uh, well i i mean that's fair enough i am um, no comment um i yeah I, I i hope everyone has has fun this weekend with the super league and then happy easter to everyone who does celebrate easter this weekend and don't worry all the greeks we will say christos anesti to you next weekend i'm sure but yeah thank you very much guys for listening and uh catch you next time